The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. Jimmy, how are you? Harold, 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 Harold. Oh, I am so excited about the Harold. That's how I'm doing. How about you? You know, I'm I'm excited about the Harold too, and my wallet hurts. You can't get a Harold. Come on now. Why are you biting on my style, yo? No, it would be it would be for the direct for the funny car for the funny car aspect of it. Okay, clearly we'll have a lot to talk about in a little while. We we will we will. We are Those Guys with Ships, and this is episode number 125 of our show. This is the Versecast, the best damn Star Citizen podcast. In this show, we discuss development news to do with the best damn space sim, Star Citizen. Today is August 16th, 2946. Your performance may vary. Citizen Con, Jimmy, it is less than three weeks Away, oh my god, it is happening, it is a thing, and it's here in my hometown, so I don't have to do anything but drive. (laughs) Um, you know, how far is it from where you live? Oh, it's well, it's in LA, and I live just outside of LA, so I, you know, the it's at the Avalon, uh, I don't know, hour, you know, ish. Oh, is it? Oh, okay, okay. So it's it's a it's a little little bit. I, for some reason, I was thinking you lived like right around the corner. Well, here's the thing: in LA, everything is an hour plus, so that is kind of like right around the corner. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it could you could literally be right around the corner, and it would take you an hour to get there. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, California. We love our cars. All right. Well, everybody out there in the podcast land, we are going to be there. And if you are too, please let us know in the forum thread on our website, versecast.org. We are hoping to meet up with as many folks as possible. So we're trying to get a handle on how many of our peeps are going to be there. A link will be in the show notes, or you can just go to the forums and you should see the thread. Thank you very hard for all of your supports. Um, before we get started on all the goodness that has happened since last time we recorded, uh, Jimmy, with the uh, CIG, I uh, wanted to make a, a couple more mentions. If you are going to CitizenCon and you do not have your Those Guys With Ships t-shirt yet, get on that. Go to versecast.org slash merchandise and order your t-shirts. The tur- their turnaround is really impressive. I ordered uh, a couple more and got it within a week, so... Um, I would I would say that you have time to get one before the uh, before the event if you're going to be there. Wear your colors proudly, um, and then also we want to mention to uh, those guys with ships phone cases from Solidus Tie. Um, the thread for that is still in the forum. If you are interested, please do get over there, check it out, leave a comment. We're trying to um, to round that out, engage uh, um, actual, how much actual uh, interest we have in them uh, so that uh, we can uh, plan accordingly. And then um, a recent uh, thing that, that's happened on our forums, which we think is pretty cool, and I, and I told the guys I would give a, a brief mention on the show here, Sorian and uh, several of the other guys are putting together an online RPG campaign. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I, I, I forget. I forget which um, virtual tabletop they're using, um, but um, the campaign world and rule set I believe that they're using is Apocalypse World. Um, it's not a rule set that I've used or played with, but it, uh, I'm sure it's it's pretty cool. Uh, so if you are at all interested in playing, uh, message Sorian on the website and um, uh, see how uh, how to get involved. As always, uh, there are links in the show notes, so do go check it out. Now, um, it's been a little while, Jimmy, so um, let's cut to the chase. Let's not bury the lead. Let's go right to it. September subscriber flare. (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk about September subscriber flare, shall we? Holy crap, Jimmy. It is Bill Murray's head in a jar. It is absolutely Bill Murray's head in a jar. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, no. But uh, that is, it was a chance to uh, say one of uh, my favorite org member names. So uh, there you go. I, actually, I don't know. I don't know what the heck that thing is. I mean, it's a chia pet. It's like it looks like a moldy Game of Thrones faceless man knockoff. Just chia star citizen. <laughs> oh God! Uh, did you ever have one of those? Uh, no, I never. Even even when I was a little kid, I thought they were stupid. Mm. I had a Chia uh, Jerry Garcia. Did you really? Yeah. It would be, I guess that would be a Chia Garcia. Or a, that would, Jerry, that would, Jerry Chia? No, I like Chia Garcia. Chia Garcia. It rolls yeah, off the, yeah. the tongue much much better. Yeah, you know, with my Cherry Garcia ice cream. You know, that's, <laughs> what else do you need? Exactly. Well, uh, it's uh, it's supposed to be in our... Ha- I don't know if it's in our hangers yet or if it's going to be in 2.6, but uh, it's Connor's Beard Moss, and there's a little lore there, so, you know, check it out. It's um, it's different. I'll give them that, you know. I'm I'm one to uh, eschew the face or the space plants uh, fairly out of hand, but uh, uh, even this one made me chuckle, so... Or even this one made even me chuckle. So, okay, like, I am not going to bash on this for how silly it is it is awesome it's very cool and i'm really excited that they did it because and you nailed it earlier it's different Mm -hmm. it's it's you know it's not another spaceship model yeah it's um well i guess uh and i forget it's been a been a a week or so since i read this but i guess um it's like some sort of uh, space station fungus i guess you know you you're in deep space and you have uh um, atmosphere systems and you know ventilation, recirculation sort of thing. I guess this is something that grows inside of those uh, um, air conditioning systems. So that's yummy. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it, it's funny, or I would say it's great that they think to that level of um, of detail, that level yeah. of immersion. Um, it, it just it's a silly little subscriber flare. But it just continues to speak to the depth of uh, what they're trying to do lore-wise. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely it's it's adding richness. Yeah, absolutely, and it's a cool. It's got a cool little story to it, um, you know. And it's like, you know, it's again, it's subscriber flair. It's 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 not meant to rock anybody's world, you know. It's just cool, neat little things. I like the whole plant series. Um, I like that a lot better than the. Um, uh, what was it? The uh, the um, what were the relics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I like I like them a lot better than the relics, mainly because they're a little bit more easier to manage. They're not quite so gigantic, uh, and I like them more than the ship models. So you know, good times. There you go. There you go. And he, so, he would uh, look great on like you know somewhere inside a um, uh, you know a multi cruise ship. He would look great sitting on on a desk somewhere in the captain's quarters. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. All right. Well, um, actually, the real exciting thing uh, just came the other day, uh, Jimmy. Sneak peek vision stabilization. Have you seen this? I did. Uh, Pretty impressive. Wow. Wow. Um, It's from the official post that said, There's no better way to showcase our improved vision stabilization system than to head into Port Olisar and cause some chaos. With plenty of aiming, shooting, and handling of weapons, this 60 frames per second video highlights just one of the many great features we're currently working on. Now, do you think Mm -hmm. that this will be um, a combat zone or a play zone in Star Marine? I'm going to say yes. You do? Yeah, I see. I think think that's kind of lore-busting. Um, because no, because um, it's a ver- it's a video game. It can be anywhere. Ah, that's a good point. It's a game in a game. Good point. Yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, that that very very well could be could it, could it be one of the maps? And might it be that that is the level of visual fidelity we're going to get in Star Marine? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say yes. Mm. There's also a little, um, and it kind of goes in and out through the play video, but there's also a little mini-map there. Do you see that? A little uh, 3D yeah. mini-map? Like a radar, uh-huh. almost. Yeah, like a, yeah. A, and I'm assuming it's obvious, well, it's obviously multi-level, so that you, you have an idea of where players are at any given time. It, it what seems like that or sort targets, of... Or targets, I should say. That little map would be uh, ideal for um, FPS combat, for uh-huh. a, or for competitive S- FPS combat. Mm-hmm. Kind of the way that um, uh, you know, in Battle Royale and Arena Commander, um, you uh, you have uh, uh, head-to-head combat. So 
Huh, I don't know. Um, in the official post, it didn't say anything if this is going to be a part of Star Marine uh, in 2.6 or if it's going to be in 3.0. Um, um, I'm hoping for Star Marine. Um, I, I think it's, you know, very, very cool. Um, and it just, you know, it's compared to what we've been playing, you know, and I'm used to what we've been playing, and what we've been playing, you know, is fine. I guess, you know, sort of used to the lack of anti-aliasing and, uh, uh, you know, the jitters where we get them. But, um, I mean, it was just remarkably smooth. Oh, it's it's stunning. It's, it's like watching a CG movie. Um, it, it's yeah. absolutely stunning. I was also very excited to see the shotgun um, actually uh, causing uh, some damage. You know, I think they might have fixed that because I actually, um, I actually killed a bad guy uh, with a shotgun the other day. Oh, okay. I'll have to um, go out in the game. Uh, yeah, in, no, no. I'll have to go in, out in, to. Uh, game, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to go out to the station and wreak some havoc. Um, the only uh, question I had is why, why, why did he have to go around killing every unarmed shopkeeper? <laughs> it just doesn't seem sporting. The guy's like, "Oh, can I help?" Boom. It's not nice. It's not very nice. Hi, would you like to buy a hat? <laughs> Why are you shooting me? I just want to sell you a hat. I'm not even supposed to be here today. I'm not even smart yet. My AI, I all I do is stand there and you're just killing me. It's not fair. I, I don't even have no sub in my subsumption. I want to I want to know when is subsumption going to be so smart that if you try and shoot a, uh, you know, a, uh, a store clerk, they reach under the counter and pull out a shotgun? If I do, yeah. That would absolutely. be amazing. Yeah. I'll be like a fifth element guy. And Corbin would just reach over, grab my gun, and slap me with it. I think it would be great, like, um, you know, depending on how, how deep the AI is, but it would be great for, like, Paul, Port Olisar, for example, to be a hot zone, but to have enough um, Marines, UEE Marines, or, or, you know, local security to where, like, if you go into a shop and pull a gun, like, all of a sudden the, the store owner the patrons, and the two security guards all point their guns at you. <laughs> You're just like, oh, okay, never mind. I'll put this away now. Thanks. I'm, I, oh, I'm sorry. The wrong place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, um, so it, it is exciting. Hopefully we'll uh, be able to actually be on the control side of it rather than just the viewing side uh-huh. of it uh, sometime soon. Um, we haven't heard anything about 2.6 yet. As far as I know, um, it's not even to the avocados yet, so... Um, we shall see. I, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, are, is it going to be 2.6 going to be here in time for CitizenCon? Do we, what do you think? Yeah, well, I, that's a good question. Um, I, you know, I would guess that, you know, historically, when we don't hear a whole lot, they're, they're, they're head down, nose to the grindstone, trying to crush it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm guessing that that's exactly what's going on right now is, you know, may, maybe they are planning 2.6 uh, for CitizenCon, and they're just doing everything they can to try and make that happen. Yeah, yeah, that that could be. I mean, and because I know we had, you know, mere weeks ago, we had high hopes of them uh, releasing Squadron 42 at CitizenCon. I don't feel like that's a, a real possibility now. Yeah, um, I agree with you. Uh, I, I'm very curious as to see what is going on with Squadron 42. I mean... They've been working hard on it. They have to be close to being done with it, um, but we don't really have a whole lot of info on a release date. We don't really have a whole lot of info since last year. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't. Well, I, I think we, we know all the mocap stuff is done. We know that the reshoots are all done. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing we're gonna get we're going to see a lot of uh, Squadron 42. Well, we know we're going to see some Squadron 42 stuff because they teased that at Gamescom. Um, right. But uh, um, will we see the release of uh, 2.6 in conjunction with that? I don't know. Uh, I mean, will it be to PTU or will it be to live? I mean, hopefully we will have heard something before CitizenCon about 2.6. We we would hate to get there and the lights go down and they come out and they say, hey, guess what, guys? 2.6 has gone to the avocados. I mean, that's, you know, oh, yay. No, that would be fantastic. It would be even cooler if they were like, hey, guys, um, you know, it's going to live. <laughs> that'll, well, never that's ha- sa- that'll never happen, but, you know. That, well, that's what I'm saying is, you know, I mean, if, if 2.6, you know, has been with the avocados and they're saying, you know, it's open to, if they release it to subscribers at, at Citizen. God, if they've been testing it quietly, that would be so sneaky of them. It would be. Let, let's hope that they've been that way. 
All right, and speaking of 2.5, which is the predecessor to 2.6, you know, um, we've got it. It's been live for almost a month now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grim, Grimhex, new landing system, uh, flyable MISC core and Argo MPUV. Uh, we got uh, item subsystem 2.0 backend stuff, and of course, a big new gun. I forget which ship it's on, but it's a it's a it's a big fancy new gun. Big bada boom, big bada boom gun. Um, so. Uh, you know, for me, uh, we're going to talk in uh, the community show about our experiences in 2.5 in greater detail. But um, one thing that I've noticed um, is a lot better stability um, yeah. in, in in my my gameplay. Um, so uh, really, uh, really happy about that. Uh, there was not um, a whole lot of new activities. Um, we got a new location. We got a couple new ships. Not a whole lot of new things to do. No, but, um, but to, to quote Step Brothers... There's so much more room for activities. <laughs> yes, yes, but but it feels more stable. So yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, and and of course, uh, you know, a lot of these uh, it, iterative releases are um, you know laying groundwork or groundwork for future um, uh, releases. So anyway, we'll talk about that some more in the next show. Um, but since last time we did, and I think had they, well the. Uh, the last show we did was the um, Mystery Guys Theater 2946 uh, replay of the game demo. Correct. At Gamescom. And uh, uh, along uh, at Gamescom, they also, uh, the Terrapin, Anvil Terrapin uh, went on sale, concept ship, the most recent concept ship sale. And uh, so we have not had a chance to talk about that. So let's do that now. We've got we've got controversy. Um, folks are are kind of wondering what kind of ship it is, or they were. I mean, this is this is a, a little bit uh, after the fact, but um, and it's 195 bucks, or it was. So I mean, pretty um, pretty uh, pretty good price on 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 that bar space turtle. Um, from the concept uh, sales materials or sale materials and the Q and A's, uh, we know that the Terrapin is an exploration ship, was which has during its storied history been effectively repurposed to serve in a variety of other roles, including hot zone dropship and as a makeshift search and rescue craft. These are both things that speak loud and clearly to the man I like to call Doctor Gleep. Uh, just a little bit. Um, so <laughs> I, you know, it, it's been what. Two weeks, three weeks, and I can't remember what I melted to get it, but I did. <laughs> uh, you all, well, surprise. How do you not remember what you melted to get it? Uh, you know, it's kind of like ex-girlfriends. He's just like, I'm, I'm sorry, what was your name again? Oh, I know the, terrible. I know, I, I know there's a re- This is theater of the mind stuff, of course. We're like, hi, remember me? No. Well, you know, you can always click on that uh, melted tab to go back and figure out what that was. <laughs> there, you know, there should be a buyback page on Tinder, you know? Uh-huh. Or maybe not. Okay, so a couple of interesting questions. I got mine for the SNR, for the uh, search and rescue. I, I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, it's, it's unclear exactly how that's going to happen, but um, I'm looking forward to it. So in uh, part one of the Q&A, someone asked, how does the Terrapin compare to the Freelancer Dirt? Now, you do you have a Dirt or do you have a... Um, just the baseline. I don't need no stinking science vessel. All right. Um, and what they said is the Terrapin is tough as boots. Uh, it's designed to be able to handle any eventuality in the dark unknown of space. From a military perspective, it's also extremely usable as a recon ship, able to survey fleet movements and sustain a lot of direct fire if discovered. I'm guessing this means that I'm going to be able to run into more asteroids than than usual before exploding. Too. Sure. Because I need that. Um, the Terrapin's secondary use as a vehicle to insert or rescue people from combat zones is also highly appealing. So, hey, uh, we've got some uh, black guard implications here. So it's, um, um, I'm, it, I think it's kind of like a smaller version of the Redeemer because it is um, the Redeemer. I think is the Redeemer and the Retaliator. The Retaliator has a dropship variant, um, but the, the Retaliator is more is much bigger so you would it would be tougher to get into hot areas without sustaining major damage and the terrapin having 
um, uh, so much uh, armor and um, shielding protection, uh, I think getting into particularly hot, smaller, hot areas is going to be easier with this ship. And of course, but of course, you sacrifice uh, some of the offensive uh, capability, and then also um, uh, payload too. There's there's not a whole lot of room for payload. It's unclear how much room there's going to be for for soldiers, but. <clears throat> Excuse me. In a search and rescue context, it may be all you need is just room to get a couple of injured soldiers out. So. Yeah, you just you, you need to park it and, and take <coughs> damage while uh, while getting people on board the ship. Yeah, yeah. So it's um uh, it's tough as boots. I like that. Um, get to rescue people. I like that too. So I'm excited. Uh, then in part two of the Q and A, uh, someone asked, "What do you envision?" Anvil Terrapin gameplay to be like? And the answer is the Terrapin was designed first and foremost for the UEE military to provide Overwatch long endurance picket. I'm not sure what picket is. I'm guessing that's like patrol sure. or something. Okay. And reconnaissance capabilities to the fleet, as well as extend the Navy's ability to provide a patrol presence in to border systems that couldn't be allocated capital ships or large fighter garrisons for their defense. These capabilities lend themselves to civilian use as an explorer, particularly where a private operator principally gathers and sells information, similar to the Herald, huh? Mm-hmm. point of interest data, risky deep scans of hostile environments, and survey data for a living, as opposed to collecting tangibles for sale. The Terrapin's long endurance, advanced sensor suite, and range play to this, oh, <clears throat> and range play to this aspect of exploration, whereas other explorers like the Freelancer Durr sometimes focus more on collecting trinkets, incidental salvage, and other physical items to supplement their exploration runs. So you don't have to be able to like go out and, and uh, you know get you know fancy artifacts. Um, all you, you're going out there to collect uh, either information or maybe a, a wounded soldier or two. Mm-hmm. Pushing pushing out into the void um, with the expectation of not necessarily bringing anything back other than data right data and, and maybe one or two people right but you're not right, right. You know, you're not bringing back a, a, a steamer trunk full of treasure right right um while purpose built for recon over which over which overwatch and picket duty the military makes good use of whatever is available so the terrapins supplemental military roles as a search and rescue ship or makeshift troop transport arose as a matter of need in situations where the tried and true argo wasn't sufficiently robust for service under fire so bingo winner winner chicken dinner right here um it's 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 my uber argo uh-huh you know you know, and and I'm and it's small enough. I'm sure it's smaller than a cutlass. It's got to be smaller than a cutlass. So it's it'll spawn in my um, in my hospital ship in my, in the, well, the the bay. You might want to check on that first. Well, it's it, it's it's not as big a ship as as it looks. If you if you look at the stats, oh, I was going to say yeah. Uh, stat uh, stat wise, excuse me. Um, I haven't had a chance to go over and look. It is in fact shorter than the cutlass. I'm assuming it's wider though, right? Well, but the um, the landing bay of the uh, Hope class hospital ship will hold two cutlasses. Okay, all right, sure. So that's that's my argument. Okay. Um, so, it, but it's going to be um, it's going to be basically an Argo for hot zones. So, very cool. Um, and one hundred ninety five bucks. You know, ow. Uh, my guess is, <laughs> yeah. Is that either the scanning gear in uh, in the ship is going to be real top end stuff um, that you know in game if you were to buy it it would cost a lot of money, um, or CIG wanted to keep the number of these ships in game on the lower end of the spectrum. Uh, it could be that too many of them would adversely affect gameplay balance, and so they've got to manage that. You know they have to manage the in game fleet balance. Um, uh, you know through their out of game funding pricing. So. You know, I think that's part of the reason why, um, you know, when they have the uh, the javelins go on sale, you know, the javelins were twenty five hundred bucks. Right, right. They don't they don't want everybody to have a javelin. Yeah. You know, if they had if they had priced the javelin at you know five hundred or as much as an endeavor, then everyone would have a javelin. Yeah, absolutely. And, th- and then that would you know that would totally throw off the balance. So um, I'm not saying that this ship is uh, powerful on that level, but um, it could be that they. They don't want everybody, you know, every, you know, uh, raiding party to necessarily have one of these. Yeah, and I think um, I think 
crew compliment, uh, just a, a brief sidebar, but I think crew compliment is going to be another way that they balance that. Um, it's going to be tough to fully crew and Idris with players, and it's going to be, my understanding is it's going to be very expensive to crew and Idris with a bunch of NPCs. Yeah. Well, if you get good ones, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah I'm guessing absolutely. You'll be able to get scrubs for uh, fairly reasonable, but if you want a, you know, a crew that's going to, you know, going to be able to handle uh, an even uh, moderately complicated mission, I'm guessing you're going to have to pay for it. Yeah, you're not going to want Mikhail's navy. <laughs> well, I do. Yeah, that is an old man reference, if ever there was. Everybody that's under thirty is like, huh? Uh, TV Land. Go check it out. You won't be sorry. Um. So yeah, no, I know I, I think that's I think that's uh, that's right. So um, uh, it's I know it's one of the things that, you know I sort of I like about this ship is and correct me if I'm if I'm wrong or if you can think of one, but has there been another ship where they said okay here is the ship that will do this this and this although it's not designed for that? No, I don't I don't really think they've done that. You know, and I know some people were complaining, saying, you know, well, they say it'll do this, this, and this, but they doesn't say that in the stats. And I was like, well, no, because that's, you know, it, it's kind of like when you go camping in your um, in your Mini Cooper, you know? I mean, your Mini Cooper's not designed for camping, but yeah, exactly. you, can, you, you can do it. You can repurpose it to go camping, and it'll work. Um, you may not be able to bring everything you want, but, you know, you, you know you, you'll do it. I mean, I used to go backpacking. I had, a, a like, a Toyota MR2. I used to go backpacking in that, you know? Was, it, it, it did not do it well, but it did it. <laughs> exactly. Well, it sounds like, you know, this ship is a tank. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not not a lot of damage output, um, but tough as nails. Uh, so it makes sense that a ship that is that sturdy might have some secondary benefits that are not, you know, initially noticed when the ship is concept concepted. And I mean concepted um, in the Star Citizen universe. I don't mean concepted by CIG. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's, I think it's cool that again, that's sort of adding to that richness. You know, it's, it's sort of like, yeah, you know, you can, you can get this ship. Um, yeah, it's designed to do this other stuff, but yeah, I, I can see where you can do that with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, totally. We will see. All right. So I, I'm excited about it. We probably, I wonder if it's in Squadron Forty Two. I don't know. It's a good question. You know? Well, it, it, it is a combat-oriented ship, so probably. I, well, you know, I wonder if um, I wonder if we will if we don't see it there. I'll bet you it'll be a long time before we actually get it in game. So uh, um, here, good point. Here's hoping that it'll be in Squadron Forty Two. All right. Um, and speaking of uh, making ships available for sale again, uh, they've come up with a clever new way to do that. Um, they have uh, what are called the Galactic Tours fan polls. And these are sponsored by Astro Armada. You know, that's that place uh, in Art Corp where uh, they, you know, the showroom where they have the M50 spinning around on a turntable. Uh-huh. And so uh, the last few weeks here, they've had a series of polls um, where people could uh, vote uh, which ship in a particular class they thought was the best, the best or the or the better of the two uh, options, and then the winner of each poll would be put back on sale for a week. So the first one was the fan favorite flyer poll, and it was between the Origin M50 and the Origin 350R, and they wanted to see you know what was the fans' favorite racing ship, and the rimmer the wimmer, the winner was drumroll, the wimmer. The Wimmer. The Wimmer was uh, the M50. One rather handily, too. 61. Surprise, surprise. To, uh, the 350R is a nice ship. It is a nice ship, but it, it's not nearly as sexy as the M50. And it's also one of the very first ships that we found that, that, were, that had ever been made available in, in the game. Yeah. So it's yeah, a bit older. Yeah. That was actually the the second ship that I, my first ship was my Aurora package and my second ship was that was an M fifty nice and that was it I was never ever going to buy another ship <laughs> yeah that worked out real well for you didn't it it did not um, and because it was it did go back on sale and it and it went on sale for a hundred bucks which you know the. They did not raise the price. Um, it, the last time it was on sale, it was for 100 bucks. I believe when I bought mine back three, we'll see, it was, I guess it was more than two years ago, it was in July or August of 2014, uh, or 2944, uh, 
it was, uh, I think, I believe it was $90 then. So it's only gone up $10 since then. So, you know, that's, that's, that's not bad. They're not gouging. Um, oh. Yeah. So um, uh, I, did some, <laughs> I did some melting, as I do. Um, as and, one does. As one does. And uh, so I do have one in my hangar for the moment. Was out flying it the other night. Was have, having a, just a grand old time buzzing uh, Korea with it. So that was um, pretty cool. Um, then in the second poll, uh, we got to vote our favorite combat ship of the year. And uh, this time it was between the Aegis Vanguard Warden and the Anvil Super Hornet. And the winner was, drumroll, the Warden, 40 or 53 to 47%, so much closer this time. Um, and uh, because it won, it went back on sale. And it went back on sale for its original concept price, $250. You know how I know that? How do you know that? Because you melted it, melted another ship for it? Well, because I melted some ships to buy it back then, and then I've since melted it. Uh-huh. Um, I did not melt anything to get it back, though. Okay, that's good. Yeah, so, because, um, uh, you know, I, I went through my pew-pew stage, and um, I, I've, I've grown beyond it, so... Um, uh, it's a it, but I was out with um, let's see I think it was out with Handsome Devil and uh, might have been Mac Virus that I was out with the other night uh, and we were flying around in a Vanguard and it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun it's it, it packs a wallop oh yeah absolutely yeah um, do you do you have one uh, don't you have one I, I do um, I've got the E War variant um, you know it's it's one of the very few kind of outlier ships that I have um, that where I'm kind of like well. You know, I really want to play with with Ewar, so you know, let's see what the the suite comes with. Um, I'm really more interested in taking the Ewar stuff and putting it into a kind of multi-purpose um, smuggling type of ship, but I don't know if that's going to be an option that's going to be readily available right away. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, well, it's um, I remember when it when the concept first uh, um, landed uh, that uh, I forget somebody described it as a, just a. a Sexy beast, and I, I, I think that's a really good description of that. Yeah, ship. I like the ship. Um, you know, it, it's got some weight to it. It's got some power to it. Uh, honestly, I, my favorite ship. My, I have, I have two ships that I consistently fly in Crusader right now, um, based really kind of on um, the realities of what we're what we're playing with, the sandbox that we're playing in, and that's the Saber and the um, and the Freelancer. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, um, both both of which are powerful ships. Uh, the uh, the saber is is more geared towards combat. The freelancer is more geared towards, you know, moving cargo around, which isn't really something that you can do in game. But that ship really holds its own. Um, and if I'm going to fly a bigger, heavier ship, personally, I'd rather fly, fly my freelancer than the Vanguard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also the um, the freelancer is better for group play too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I I love the guns on the side of the freelancer. So, um, so yeah. yeah. So you know, my vanguard doesn't see a lot of action. It's really uh, my saber and my freelancer that uh, that are kind of the workhorses right now in Crusader. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I am with uh, my M50 and. Uh uh, my Starfarer, yeah. you know, is that is that when you know there are a bunch of people out there um, uh, that say, "Hey, let's all get on my Starfarer and, and, and go, you know, blow things up." And if, if there's nobody around, or if um, <laughs> I've been killed and I'm trying to make my way back out to the group, uh, then the M50 gets me there quickly. Yeah, so. and even the um, uh, even my Avenger, um, which you know um, I'm kind of gearing up towards being my smaller single person cargo hauler. Um, but even mm-hmm. my Avenger, it just it's too expensive. I, I don't want to pay for ammo every time I take the ship out. Yeah, yeah, and um, also I think it, that is one of those ships. And I haven't pl- flown the Saber in a while, but uh, the flight model in the M50 is not bad. Um, the uh, flight model in the Avenger is not good. Um, yeah, it's so, it's a little bit clunkier, absolutely. And you know, you, you've got to strike that balance between that size. You're really leaning in on that size three nose gun. Because the side size one, um, you know, wing uh, guns are really just they're just they're not all that, you know. Right. Well, and it's uh, they're not going to punch a hole through this, anything. They're supposed to be the sucker punch uh, cannons, right? Yeah, yeah. If it's if for the the quote unquote police variant, yeah, they're supposed to the be stalker? sucker yeah. punches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're right over there. Sounds like uh, sounds like someone's trying to head you off in the uh, fast check line. Yeah, no, I've got uh, a couple of uh, Italian greyhounds wrestling on uh, on the floor right now, so I'm going to chase them out really quick. 
All right. Um, da 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 da. Okay, good times. Yeah, they uh, they kind of nosed. Uh... Okay, yeah, good times. Yay! They kind of uh, nosed their way in here. Uh, I was, it, it sounded like you know someone was cutting you off in the uh, fifteen items or less uh, uh, line. <laughs> yeah, no, I heard the door kind of creak open, and, and I saw one of them come in, and I'm like, okay, I should be fine. But then, like Velociraptors, the second one came in, and then they started wrestling. <laughs> you knew, you knew it had to go south from there. Absolutely. All right, and the current uh, poll that is ongoing as we speak is for Bomber of the Year. Yay, because everybody knows we need a Bomber of the Year. <laughs> of course we do. It is between the Aegis Retaliator and the Anvil Gladderator. Gladderator? <laughs> the Gladderator. Aren't, aren't you Gladderator? Yeah. Um, any thoughts on the eventual winner there? Um, I don't fly bombers, uh, you know, so I don't really have much much of an opinion either way. Um, I've never flown uh, either ship, honestly. Um, I'm just not that interested in bombers. Uh, I think the Gladiator is a cool ship. Uh, it reminds me very much of uh, kind of like a snowspeeder in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that the um, the Retaliator is a cool looking ship on the outside, but honestly, I find it to be a bit confusing and cramped on the inside, which. If you're going for kind of a submarine feel, that's great. They hit it out of the park with that. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that makes total sense. And it really speaks clearly to that design aesthetic. But just not my jam. Well, I would encourage you, because I believe these ships are flyable while the pole is ongoing. So I would encourage you to take a minute and uh, pull up a Gladiator. Okay. It's, uh, it's, it's heavy, um, kind of like your Vanguard. Um, uh, or like your yeah, like your Vanguard, uh, but it's um, um, it's definitely an Aegis ship. Uh, but it's it's you know take take it out and even in free flight and land it. And uh, the way you get in and out of the ship is really cool. Okay, uh, you know because I, I owned one for a while, um, and um, uh, I'm not I'm not interested in that in that sort of uh, you know neither the the pew pew nor the pew pew. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Okay, you get it, but. Um, uh, it's uh, is a I think it's a cool ship. It's definitely a cool ship. So um, just you know, fly just for just so that you can say that you've flown it. And the Retaliator, I think, is just it's so buggy. Um, uh, it's um, I, ha- I had one of those for a while as well, and um, it um, it just um, you know the the turrets had not been working well. So it's you know there there are ships that you have because of what you want to do eventually in the game, and then there are ships that you have because you want to fly them now. Yeah, and. The um, the retaliator leans heavily on its turrets, and if turrets are not functioning properly, the, the ship is completely gimped. Well, yeah, because you as a, as the pilot, you have no guns. Yeah, I mean, all you ha- all you have is the torpedoes. But the torpedoes are nice. <laughs> oh, absolutely, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Yeah. But even you know, even you know, talking about ships in that weight class, the even the constellations got more viability as uh, on pilot side because you've got those uh, four. Uh, front-facing wep- uh, guns. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, but you know, it's I, it's, I think it's going to have its place. Um, and I think once the a you know the bombing mechanic is in gameplay, I think uh, I think those that um, have uh, stuck to their retaliators are going to be uh, are going to be happy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, all right, so um, I'm I'm going to say I'm going to say that the, the retaliator wins. Um, but um, who knows? Who knows? Um, it it would be nice to uh, to see the gladiator uh, win, just because I don't think it's been on sale for a very long time. Yeah. Um, I mean, the retaliator um, and the, well, the retaliator has all of those uh, modules that go with it too, or that are available for it. It has uh, a cargo module, a dropship module. Um, then obviously it has the tor- or the uh, the bomb the torpedo module or the you know, the bombing module. Uh, so yeah, it's a. I think it's going to be a versatile ship. It's just you know right now it, it's it's a bit limited in what you can do with it. All right, well moving right along, um, we've had we had a bunch of stuff because it's been a little bit, but um, we got the August monthly report, studio report, and uh, subscribers town hall, and uh, we got some lores out the wazoo. Uh, so in the August monthly report, it, you know it's the it's the same drill. It's uh, it's pictures and words and uh, all the nitty gritties. So definitely uh, do go check that out. Um, in the subscriber town hall, it was the uh, found. I guess, and this would have been for 
August, yeah. Um, Foundry 42 audio team. Um, so they were talking about uh, more nitty gritties and you know of a technical nature. So if you're interested in the uh, in the uh, the down low on how the audio stuff gets done, uh, definitely check that out. Um, and then in the lore, we got uh, three new systems that they've talked about: the, the Goss system, the Baker system, and the Nix system. So, uh, Jimmy, did you watch any of those? Um, I uh, watched the Nix system. I'm familiar with the Goss system, and no, I did not see what was the other one again. Baker. Baker. Yeah, no, I have not had a chance to look at Baker yet. Yeah, well, it's it's um, you know again you know it's like uh, all of this context that they're sort of building around uh, uh, the outside of the gameplay, or you know eventually this is all going to come together, and um, um, our uh, our Bill Mir- Bill Murray head in a jar is going to fit in its perfect place, and it's all going to come together, and there'll be bright light and you know dancing angels on the head of a pin. So, wow, it's important. All right, well, let's get on to the interesting stuff from the official contents. Um, so uh, it looks like the change they made to the formats of the um, uh, RTV or the um, ATV and RTV is here to stay. Um, uh, you know, the, the um, ATV, I, you know, was kind of like, oh, okay, you know, you know it's, it's, it's all right. The RTV, I, I still miss it. I still miss the informal hang. Um, we still don't have Ben Lesnick back on a regular basis. I don't yeah. even know if he's been on the air. So, I mean, I wonder if some of this isn't because of his health, and I hope that's not the case. Um, but, I, you know, I really like just him and Lando and, and um, um, uh, I forget the other guy's name, um, the uh, videographer guy. Um, uh, I, I really like them just hanging out with and and uh, and uh, Alexis, you know, hanging out and just, you know, chatting, and Sandy would come in and, you know, say what's going on, and it was... You know, it was kind of like I, you know, like our Sunday meetups where people were just hanging out and talking about what they thought was cool. So yeah, no, I, but I, you know, also keep in mind the flip side of that is that you know they're really ramping up now, and you know they might be tied up on a whole host of other things that we're just completely unaware of. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's just it's it's just selfish me just saying you know I want I love that show. Why did they cancel it? <laughs> you you know? hate change. Yeah, I'm waiting for Mash to come back any day now. Any day. Any day. So anyway, so the they but one thing that they did do, which I think made some sense, is that they sort of made the two shows kind of lead into, or they made the first lead into the second. So yeah. uh, we used to sort of run through, you know, the uh, the around the verses since last time we recorded, and then the reverse the verses. So now we're going to mix it up a little bit ourselves here and uh, talk about the ATV and then the corresponding RTV because uh, it it does seem like the. The RTV elaborates on what's shown in, in parts of the ATV for the most part. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, so in ATV 3.04, um, Brian Chambers and lead system designer Dan Truffin from the Frankfurt office hosted the show. And they discussed uh, Miles Eckert, Quest Giver. Quest Giver, Quest Giver, Quest Giver. Oh, Miles, 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 Miles. And they emphasized how important it is to the game and to CR uh, that characters in the game like Miles be compelling and that they feel real. And I cannot agree more. I mean, the the quality of the interaction with Miles that we saw in the gameplay demo set a very high bar. And um, if uh, other mission interfaces fail to maintain similar quality, uh, my immersion will pucker up like that bitter beer face guy, you know? Uh, I'm going to guess that they're going to have different levels of missions. Uh, They're going to have their premier missions or their prime missions that are going to be like what we saw in the demo. They're going to have mission boards that are just going to be text-based, you know, and all of that will play into the system that they're working on overall. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Well, I've, I've heard the missions like Miles, the one we saw Miles in, described as hero quests. Yeah. Um, um, so obviously there are going to be um, there are going to be other quests. I think what we're not going to see those. We're not going to see a guy standing on a street corner with a question mark over his head. Yeah, absolutely. Know? I don't think that that's going to happen. And you go and you go and you click on him, and he just sort of looks around. He looks everywhere except at you, but uh, somehow some uh, some text magically appears, and um, you uh, gain something to do. I don't think that's going to happen. So, uh, but it, like you say, I mean, there's going to be a, a variety or a range of levels of detail. But I think that it has to make sense in the context uh, of. The far end of the spectrum, uh, the upper bar setting that Miles has has sort of defined for us, um, it's got to it's got to make sense in in that world. Um, so um, 
Anyway, um, uh, in the RTV 2.04 that week, uh, Brian and lead cinematic animator Jason Cole talked about the technical process by which Miles uh, has been brought to life, and uh, they got into all the deets about the performance captures, and they let us know that Miles won't be the only cinematic quest giver in Star Citizen Alpha 3.0. Yeah, Uh, yeah, that makes sense. It would be kind of dull if he was. Yeah. Um, and that there's already another shoot scheduled, so um, uh, that's exciting. Um, so, um, yeah, so I, I and remember um, on, is it on Art Corp? Where we have the job well? Right. Where you, you can go in, and so I think that that's going to be kind of like a, um, um, a price exchange, you know, sort of like a, a place where you go and there's a big board and, the, and it shows, you know, prices for things, and you may be able to, um, you know, there'll be like a, a, a job board where you say, you know, uh, the price for this is falling in this system. You know, we'll pay you so much to go there. Um, also, uh, there could be, you know, like a kiosk that get, grants you access to bounty missions. You know, you know, local law enforcement may say, you know, that uh, so-and-so has escaped uh, the security area. Um, you know, uh, local forces are not going to go out after them. But if you bring them back here, then, um, you know, there's a, there's a reward in, in it for you. So stuff that it makes sense where it would be presented more in a um, kind of like a um, uh, Craigslist sort of uh, fashion. Um, whereas, uh, you know, Miles, Miles would be the equivalent of the home shopping network, you know. So. Yeah, and you'll, you'll get, um, I'm sure you'll get audio cues, um, you know, kind of, uh, kind of like what we're seeing in-game right now that'll kind of keep those more static missions interesting. Uh, and then, you know, they're still moving forward with, with the uh, AI mission system where, you know, they'll be doing things where, you know, you grab a mission and something you know will randomly spawn on the way out there, and you'll go to that, and that may change the way the mission goes forward, so that the missions are um, constantly changing and evolving, so that they're never really kind of the same thing over and over again. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Which which will keep it interesting because it, you know it's going to get really boring if you go to the guy with the question mark and you go do you know you go kill five Vanduul and bring back the pelts. And then rinse and repeat. Yeah, I think I have a feeling that that is the last thing Chris wants to do. Yeah, I'm hopeful that you are correct, sir. All right, then in uh, ATV 3.05, um, that week it was hosted by Foundry 42's lead designer Phil Miller and QA tester Mickey Oliver. And, um, you know, Jimmy, of course, there was lots of cool stuff to see in this episode, but if you only watch one thing, it's got to be. The behind the scenes derelict ships segment with vehicle art director Nathan Deersley. Oh my starfarer! <laughs> oh my starfarer! First, um, uh, first up, we got a really uh, got a sort of a different look at, at the derelict starfarer we had seen in the 3.0 de- demo, and then the really cool thing: Sweet Home Jakku derelict starfarer condo conversions. Jimmy, how do you like that? Ah, uh, yeah, that's a mouthful. <laughs> but it was so cool. I mean, it, I mean, can you imagine how cool and immersive it's going to be just to walk around areas like that that were shown? And we know, and we're going to be able to because that was what they showed was rendered in engine. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it was it, it was literally it was like you know Ray, like you know you expected her to you know come popping out on a land speeder or something. Hear that uh, that that Star Wars music, the the single note. Uh begin yeah yeah that that one uh, that one rogue one note yeah, uh-huh. yeah yeah so I anyway I thought that that was extremely exciting um, and especially because it's so different that environment is so different than anything we've seen to this point you know either in art Corp or um, certainly on Olasar we haven't we haven't had any planet side um, uh, stuff I mean except for art Corp but that's you know that's that's so urban that you know you don't really get a sense of, of the planet. So, I thought that was very very cool. Um, and then in the corresponding reverse the verse uh, two point oh five disco uh, chatted with Nathan because that's what you do when you're in the UK you chat. And uh, they talked about the inside bits behind the stuff like we saw on uh, the ATV. And Nathan teased that he is currently working on something very awesome which he can't discuss, which we won't see for a little while, but that he is very excited about it, and he doesn't be very excited about much. 
So, Jimmy, let's theorycraft a little bit here. What do you think Nathan is working on, and perhaps more to the point, what do you think it means for what we already know about and are expecting? I, I couldn't even begin to say honestly, and my dogs are very, very bad tonight. Um, so I don't even begin to know what to say. Why don't you go ahead and uh, start on your theory crafting while my little dogs calm down? All right. Maybe I'm thinking maybe something beyond Squadron 42 because I, you know, perhaps Squadron 42 is pretty much done and it will. Um, well, we've already discussed, you know, that it's probably not going to be released in conjunction with CitizenCon. Uh, but, um, you know, maybe it's moved beyond that point in the process where um, uh, folks like Nathan are involved in the process, that they're just on to the final polishing and the final, you know, uh, rounding of the edges um, and uh, stuff like that. Uh, maybe it's they're in the place where um, in that... Um, uh, the visions, um, uh, what is it? The vision stabilization. In they're at that point in the polish of Squadron Forty Two, where they're making the gameplay look like that. So if that they're at that point, you know, and that, and that takes some time, uh, then maybe um, maybe that's um, he's working on something that is beyond the other side of the release of Squadron Forty Two. Uh, so he can't talk about it, but um, uh, it's very exciting, and it's so exciting. That um, he's just he's he's gonna he's gonna burst he's going to burst that's what's gonna happen <laughs> maybe uh, maybe we'll have a flyable Idris flyable Idris we got several guys in the group that have um, well not several but at least a couple guys in the group that have Idri so could it could I think yeah it could also be um, you know the the next level up multi cruise ships I think the the biggest one is the Starliner right now. Um, so we might see, you know, a, a, a next level larger crew multi multi cruise ship coming out. Uh, maybe professional caterpillar. Yeah, caterpillar. caterpillar. Well, yeah. Cater- well, yeah. I guess. Well, the caterpillar is, I guess, a little bit bigger than a Starfarer. So yeah. Um, it's a little longer. I don't think it's quite as tall, yeah. but it's a little bit longer. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe professions. Maybe we'll start to see the beginning, um, and more. We'll see more in depth professions beyond what's going to come out in. Uh, is it two point six or three point oh that we're going to see uh, cargo moving? Um, probably 3.0. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, uh, because I think I think we had decided before, and because these, of course, these decisions are ours to make. Um, that 2.6 is going to be, it's going to have the inclusion of Star Marine, but it's also going to be, um, uh, to a large extent, uh, laying some of the groundwork, the behind the scenes, the back end groundwork for the 3.0. So right, right. We'll get some shiny with the Star Marine, but. Uh, um, uh, the uh, the real um, uh, additional functionality because we, we have star marine type functionality now um, certainly the uh, the uh, the visions uh, video did um, or the vision video did show us um, uh, that in a much more polished state but um, uh, essentially you know we um, although you know I, I take that back um, we don't have any um, any uh, AI NPCs to shoot at this point so that's that's a pretty a pretty major uh, difference there too but. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, uh, I just thought it was pretty cool that um, uh, that Nathan was uh, was saying it's really really cool. It's and, and it's tough because it's like we we've we, we know what we're going to see in two point six. We know what we're going to see in three point um, You know, we have kind of a general idea of what we'll expect to see in um, Squadron Forty Two. So yeah, it's. It's kind of tough to speculate on, on what he's super excited about, knowing that there's so much already coming out. Like, okay, what else are you working on? Like, you guys aren't working on enough already? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, that that's part of the thing, too, is that because they have, you know, several hundred people now. Oh, yeah, so, no, of course. So, so you've got to have some guys out there on point, some guys out there that are, you know, are, are on that bleeding edge of, uh, of, you know the game development. Uh, you've got the, you know, then you've got the guys here on the on the on the the opposite end that are taking everything that's pretty much done and just finding you know find you know polishing with a toothbrush. You know, mm-hmm. you know, down there making sure that every last little thing is perfect. So, so good, so good. 
Yeah. All right. So um, in episode 3.06, uh, we were back in, of Around the Verse. We were back in L.A. and hosted by Chris and Sandy. Uh, the highlight, Jimmy, obviously the Ship Shape Caterpillar Report. Duh. I've got one on my <laughs> webpage hanger. You do, too. Uh-huh. So, True story. Um, in addition to all the cool images, what makes it even more exciting for I is that we are what we're seeing develop for the Caterpillar is eventually going to be the Drake look. It's the style guide for Drake ships. So I'm sure you're going, and, and we have since then, actually, because this was last week, we have since then seen some of that, that Drake goodness show up in um, some uh, peaks we've gotten into the, the Herald, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing... Um, uh, some of this uh, coolness uh, uh, land on my Cutlass Red uh, when I unmelt it, of course. Of course. Um, of course. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's because they have talked about Drake in its context of being, you know, sort of the um, uh, utilitarian, sort of the, the, the frillless uh, cargo vans of, uh, of uh, the universe, you know, lots, you know, exposed ducting and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's cool to see that presented in high fidelity rather than just have it be, you know, just a flat, you know, uh, you know, 2D rendering of visual ducting. It's like you actually get a sense of the ducting being there. Yeah, absolutely. The, the pipe piping and whatnot. So very excited for that to see what happens with that. Um, and then um, sort of uh, kind of breaking away from the, from the previous um, pattern, uh, in Reverse the Verse that week, uh, they talked, uh, Eric Kyron Davis visited with Josh uh, Herman and Sean Tracy, and they talked all about character development, which I thought was, was interesting because that wasn't something that uh, was really the focus of ATV. Um, so, um, uh, you know, did you, did you get a chance to uh, listen to any of that, Jimmy, or see any of that? A little that, bit, a uh, little bit, yeah. Struck, you, struck your fancy or piqued your interest? Well, it's, you know, again, it goes back to the fact that, you know, I may, and that might even be the surprise. You know, um, they haven't really discussed, uh, other than uh, very briefly a few months back, they haven't really discussed uh, character creation. We, what we know is uh, that there is a group that's working on developing it. Uh, and that there's a group, uh, you know, and that we're going to start out with just some basic faces initially, and then eventually it'll move to sliders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, that could be because I know that uh, they, um, uh, Chris, in the Gamescom demo, did show uh, uh, a visual of of a, a player character that looked a little bit more well defined than what we're currently playing with. So I right. don't know. Maybe maybe some of that's going to, if not in two point six, then uh, in. 3.0. Um, I know that you have said before that that's um, a part of the gameplay that actually you look forward to and appeals to you. Uh, you know, like you know, spending the time, you know, customizing your character. Um, uh, it's kind of interesting because I will do that too, but I I don't. It's not fun for me. I I, I will I will mess with it and and swear at the computer and uh, and and myself uh, until it's right. But not because I enjoy it, but because I can't stand to walk around with a stupid looking character or a character that has like a <laughs> a really major you know flaw that that screams out loud. This guy doesn't care what his character looks like, you know. But it's it's definitely not something that I I, I, I like. But um, you know, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it. But so um, there you go. I'm not looking forward to it, but I'll be happy once it's here. <laughs> All right, uh, or once it's behind me. Um, and then um, in this most recent week uh, in ATV 3.07, uh, there is only one thing to discuss, and that is, of course, the space potato. Uh, it is. Yes. It is coming in 2.6. Um, I, you know, I will. Uh, I will go get a drink of water, take a short nap, and be back um, so that you can um, can expound upon your uh, um, your thoughts. Uh, but uh, one thing I want to toss out there: I thought it was interesting that the data banks ride on the outside of the ship. Yeah, yeah. I um, I I've known about that for a little while now. Um, I actually touched on it uh, in an episode of Quantum Drive, uh, where the ship uh, landed uh, and uh, got basically hooked up, like. You know, like like plugging in your internet um, to do a data transfer, and uh, it just it really all it does is, is open up more questions than it does answers. Uh, you know, the, I'm very excited to see the ship fleshed out. Uh, I love the interior. Uh, I love what they've uh, done with the ship top to bottom. I'm very very excited. It's in my opinion one of the more unique ships in the game, and and of course. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's going to be a, a principal profession for me in game. Uh, data running and smuggling are going to be the only, are the only two things I have any serious interest in. So I just I'm really looking forward to the data running documentation as far as a profession goes. 
Mm -hmm. um, and as far as what their plan is specifically for how that ship will work. I'm excited to have it in-game. I'm excited to do a little drag racing with it and have fun with it, but Mm -hmm. in reality, the the ship is not practical until it has its purpose. Um, You know, it's just one of those ships that, you know, it's not going to be a com... It's not going to be a fighter. Um, You know, so I don't have a racer, so that'll probably be the ship I race until the profession's fleshed out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm I'm really curious as to see you know what the plan is with data transfer, how that whole thing works, um, you know why they they sit in containers on the outside of the ship, um, how much data is you know any given item taking up that it requires an entire um, you know compartment if you will. Yeah. So yeah, all it really did. I'm I'm really excited about the ship. I love the design. Um, I love when they when they kicked it up. Uh, how fast it, it was going. Mm-hmm. So those are all fun things to play with. But I I am desperate for that design dock on uh, data running. I you know it's it's interesting because I I believe it was on INN. I heard a couple of the guys discussing. Um, uh, that aspect of it, the uh, the uh, exterior data um, uh, pods, if you will, and um, I thought one of them mentioned is that that the reason for it may be that you have to you have to be able to jettison the data. So rather than having it in your central computer core, you need a way to have it isolated in a discrete package that, if you have to, you can dump it and get away and then come back for it later. Um, so I thought that was uh, kind of an interesting idea. Um, and then also uh, uh, somebody else mentioned that um, it's, um, it's going to make trading data um, more tangible so that instead of, you know, you know me pointing my Moby glass at you and clicking transfer data button, instead there is actually a physical thing that I give to you. Yeah, and, that makes uh, sense. And the thing is if you're, if you're – Transporting highly encoded, highly classified information, that's not something that the transporter is going to necessarily be privy to. So right. to be able to put the data into something, like a lockbox, if you will, uh, right. and know that, that that data is secure from even the person that's moving the cargo, um, is it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that that's, that's a good point. So anyway, I, it's interesting, but it, it sure is pretty. And uh, because, of course, because it's new and it's coming soon, I, I, I need one. So there you go. What, what, why do you need one? What are you going to do with a data runner? I'm going to go straight really fast. Oh, dear Lord. I don't turn real good. So this is the perfect ship for me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. And then, you know, sort of rounding things out in RTV. Again, I don't know, this week, you know, it just it seemed like they went off on a tangent. Uh, it was in Austin. Uh, Tyler Whitkin, uh, Mike Jones, uh, they talked to DevOps and ship design. So uh, there you have it. Check it out. So um, what's coming up, Jimmy? Well, we have uh, 2.6 to the PTU. That would be nice. It's got to go to the avocados first. Um, and who knows? It may already be there. We just may not know it yet. So. Um, we're kind of uh, we're wondering to see uh, what's going to happen between now and CitizenCon. Uh, what's going to happen at CitizenCon? What's going to happen after CitizenCon? Uh, it's all these questions. We have them. It's in less than three weeks, so we're looking forward to that. In the meantime, please do go to Engine.com. They are the quick, easy, and free solution for hosting your community website. That's E-N-J-I-N.com. Thank you, Ronald Jenkins, for letting us use your music. Check him out at ronaldjenkins.com. He's got a new song out, but uh, you can't buy it yet. So um, um, we, uh, we're we not using it yet, but uh, I, I like it. So um, I'm hoping um, it's Donkey Kong themed. Nice. Which I thought was kind of, yeah, kind of interesting. Um, so anyway, do check him out. His stuff is very cool. Um, and be sure to check out Star Citizen the Base Radio at radio.starcitizenbase.com, where you can find a broadcast of one of our shows every Saturday afternoon. Um, and remember, we are available on the Google Play Music. You can reach the podcast by email, comms at versecast.org. On the Twitters, we are at Versecast. Please do use the hashtag TGWS. Our RSI Star Citizen Organization can be found at robertspaceindustries.com slash orgs slash Versecast. On Steam, we are those guys with ships. And please do be sure to check out our gaming community website. It is versecast.org. Now is the time on sprockets when we... Oh, I forgot to update the joke. Mm. Mm. Let's just let that hang, shall we? Monkeys, when we monkeys. My name is Gleep, and all of my contact information is in the show notes. Jimmy? Uh, You can find me most chatty on Twitter, at Jimmy Croker. 
Uh, you can find me every Thursday night, uh, 9 p.m. PST, and Saturday, 1 p.m. PST, and now Thursday, uh, 6 a.m. PST. Wow! Uh, on uh, the base, uh, doing my show Quantum Drive. Uh, Thursday night is the live broadcast. Saturday and Thursday early a.m. are the rebroadcasts for people that miss it. Uh, Check it out. This week coming up is the last episode of this season. Uh, it is episode 13, and uh, episode 13 of season 2. Uh, and it's going to have a delightful cliffhanger, an interesting twist, and fun surprises for all. Love the cliffhangers. Yeah, and then um, I'll be basically going forward, I'm going to be doing 13 weeks on and 13 weeks off. And the reason for that is because writing the stories, coming up with the music week after week after week can be can be tough. And, and sometimes being it or consistently being able to take a break and um, do some story outlines and, and not have the pressure of doing a weekly show uh, to that level uh, helps. But um, I'll be basically starting season two over. So, with this, with episode thirteen of season two coming to an end, the week after we'll start with episode one from season two and run through all thirteen episodes again. So, if you've missed anything from season two, it'll be a great opportunity to catch up. And then, thirteen weeks later, I'll be back again uh, with uh, season three. Fantastic! We're all looking forward to it. Yeah, good times. So, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, you know, and then, of course, all my other contact info info, uh, are in the show notes. Yes, they are. All right, well, until next time, then, we are Those Guys with Ships, and this has been the Versecast. See you guys. See ya at CitizenCon. So, can I get Ernest Borgnine to be an NPC on my address? Uh, only if I can have Tim Conway. Perfect. Google it, kids. Google it. <laughs> 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 <laughs>